0: Up next, prescribed fires hit an all-time high at the Hoosier National Forest. WFHB's Sydney Foreman talks to their prescribed fire specialist, Jeremy Kolox, to find out more.
1: The Hoosier National Forest saw a record year for prescribed fires in 2019. I asked myself what that means to local residents and about the environment's current condition. To find some answers, I took a journey to the headquarters of the Hoosier National Forest in Bedford, Indiana. There, I talked Hello, about the fires with their prescribed fire specialist, Jeremy Kolax. What is a prescribed fire?
0: So the Forest Service and most of the federal agencies, by and large, classify uh, fires into two groups: planned and unplanned ignitions. Prescribed fire is, goes into the planned ignitions, the ones that we actually, you know, are planning on and intend on taking on.
1: Kolax said that there are two main reasons that prescribed fires are set. The first reason is to reduce the amount of natural fuels on the ground that could spark a fire. These natural fuels include things like leaves and grasses that are targeted during prescribed burning. The second reason is to restore native ecosystems. He said the reason the National Forest had so many prescribed fires this year was because they could.
0: Uh, you know, it takes anywhere from, you know, to do a larger prescribed burn, say of a thousand acres, you know, it takes anywhere from 20 to 30 people to, to do that. And in the past, we you know, we just had the resources that were available here on the forest. Mm-hmm. So on any given what I'll call a good burn day, we only had the opportunity to do one and this last year we had the opportunity to do two or sometimes three burns in any given good burn day. And then the weather was wet enough that wildfires weren't an issue, Mm -hmm. so we didn't have to divert resources to take care of wildfires. So we we were able to divert most all resources to doing prescribed burning.
1: Okay, so you think that if you had this many resources every year that this wouldn't so much be a standing out as a record year, like would this be a more routine thing if it was a possibility? Or? If
0: it was a possibility, yes,
1: mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> Kulaks mentioned that after each burn, it takes anywhere from five to 12 years for natural fuels to build back up. If a fire sparks in a location that has been burned, the reduced fuel on the ground will allow for a faster and more responsive reaction to putting out the fire. I asked Colox where prescribed burns fall in the issue of climate change.
0: Prescribed burning is obviously a a contributor to carbon in the atmosphere. Yes. And and that's undeniable. Um, What some of the research and most of the research actually that we're that's available right now suggests is that the growth that you get post prescribed burn um, is above and beyond what you had prior to prescribed burning, and that that carbon offset from more vigorous plant growth, that carbon being sequestered, is overcomes what was released into the atmosphere and has a beneficial effect into the future.
1: So the amount of carbon released during the fires is less than the amount of carbon that will be captured by the new growth that will inhabit the area. Golok said that ecosystems are enhanced by performing prescribed burns. of the United States that are more prone to wildfires are gaining more public acceptance of prescribed fires. I asked Kolox if he thought living in the Midwest where wildfires are more rare caused more public shunning or lack of support. I, I would
0: suggest just in my own little experience that the, the further east you go, uh, the acceptance of fire as a, a regular uh, land management tool is reduced. Wildfires don't have the regular impact in the East that they seem to be having in the West, at least what you see in the media. So whenever you have a perceived problem and you're using a, a tool to combat, it, you know, it will likely receive more acceptance among the public, whereas, uh, you know, quote unquote detrimental wildfires uh, in, in this part of the world are so infrequent, we often forget their impact and and don't really recognize prescribed burning as a plausible uh, uh, tool to, to mitigate those. Mm-hmm. Growing up where I grew up, which was in southern Missouri, to smell smoke in the air in the spring was just routine. You know, just fires could go unreported for days because people just thought folks were burning. It was kind of in the culture, right? And, and that kind of practice has come out of the culture in, in southern Indiana. So, you know, what I would call the culture where I'm from and the time I remember is kind of pyrophytic. This is kind of pyrophobic. And it's understandable, you know, based on what we're exposed to in the media, you know, yeah. because it's kind of a binary response. All fires are bad. We even kind of did that to ourselves with the Smoky Bear campaign, right? Um, wh- whereas n- not all fires are bad, and, and just because there's smoke in the air doesn't mean something's wrong.
1: Kolak said recognizing that wildfires can still happen in the Midwest is very important. He mentioned that with regulation, even private landowners can use resources through the state to have a prescribed fire on their own land. For WFHB, I'm Sydney Foreman.